1: The following broadcast has been approved for elite Hornets fans.
0: What a by Cody Zeller. Walker down the lane, drives,
1: shoots, scores! Game over! Bringing back the buzz is only the beginning. We will not go quietly into the night. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. It's Hive Talk Live. Welcome in, Hornets fans. You are listening to Hive Talk Live on At The Hive dot com it's tuesday night and we are live in the gittimer.com studios in bea beautiful uptown charlotte i'm doug branson
0: and i'm david walker he's back that's the palo alto of the south doug
1: (laughs) i've heard i've heard that those two be compared
0: they do now. They do now. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live and visit us online at HiveTalkLive.com.
1: That's right. You can listen to us live there every Tuesday at 6 o'clock p.m. I should uh, say that it's going to be every Tuesday very soon. Uh, we're, we'll probably be taking some breaks here and there as the news dies down from the offseason and, and we head into this horrible, horrible basketball lull until about September uh, but do catch us live every Tuesday at 6 o'clock p.m. starting, I'd say, in September. That sounds good. All right. But if you miss a show, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and listen to Hornets talk anytime, anywhere. Well, um, David, I think uh, because of the Jeremy Lynn signing, we have a lot of new listeners, a lot of new fans. There was a huge response to the – Stinger that we did uh, a few days ago, so I thought we would just take a few minutes here before we got into the basketball stuff and just talk a little bit about who we are and what what we're all about. Uh, High Talk Live started about three years ago as podcasts when we uh, were doing this on the Charlotte Bobcats, and you know we've always been dedicated to an in-depth. We call it Hornets Talk now for the hardcore fan. Because we've we've always been dedicated to in-depth basketball discussion, and and it's it's a little bit quieter, but it's a lot more knowledgeable than I think you'll hear in a lot of other places.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll have your hot takes. I mean, sure, you'll have your hot takes. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, we try and specifically from a Hornets point of view, look at things that maybe doesn't get as much attention uh, from a national perspective, certainly, and try and analyze that. And we're watching every game along with you guys, so. That's something you're not going to get anywhere else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think one thing that's always important, and I, and I always say this, like we're not afraid to say, hey, we're fans of the Charlotte Hornets. We're also not afraid to call a spade a spade and say, you know, th- that this may not be a great decision. It, we'll, we'll talk honestly. But at the same time, we've never hid the fact that we want the Charlotte Hornets to do well.
0: Sure. Yeah, I think it would be dishonest to to not put that out there. I mean, we try and stay as objective as possible certainly. Listen, I've been following this team. We're both from Charlotte, just Charlotte natives in the mm-hmm. area. Um since they returned in the form of the Bobcats, I jumped on blogging for them the year that shall never be named. Uh this what was it? 777. 7, seven, seven, and, seven, seven, seven right? wins. 7 wins. Yeah. Uh and I've been on on board since then following this team like I said through every game in summer league so not unlike a lot of you but I think we bring a, a good perspective to it and, and like Doug said you know if, if something doesn't look good from our from our point of view we're gonna let you know that as well
1: um yes my likes are uh, camel casing and parmesan cheese uh, my dislikes are Extreme Twitter hot takes, apparently, because I'm I'm a little bit discouraged by those.
0: Hey, but also, Doug, we want to yeah. hear from the folks. So That's tweet true. us any time of day, uh, shoot us a tweet, drop us a line. If you got a question for us, you know, don't wait till the night of the show. Send that into us uh, during the week or whenever strikes your fancy, and we'll talk about it.
1: Great time to mention that I just. Put together this email address.
0: 2015.
1: But, <laughs> uh, listen, I just I figured out there's an email now. We can we can correspond via the internet. It's at AOL. <laughs> right? No. Dot RR. Okay. <laughs> BellSouth.net. No, this is Buzz uh, Buzz at HiveTalkLive.com. So send us your questions, your comments. If you have ideas for the show. Uh, if you just don't like how nasal I sound, just let me know. I'll, I'll try to do my best uh, to figure that out. But um, we want to hear from you and we want your ideas. We want to do a future mailbag segment. And so send us those. Now's the perfect time as we go into a little bit of a break and kind of catch our breath from the offseason. And we'll come back strong in September and have all of those uh, emails ready to go. So, again, that email address is buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. All right, let's get into the show. Lot to talk about. You're back, David, from vacation, so uh, you missed a few things, but not too much. Uh, I missed, I missed uh, the biggest <laughs> Twitter day in NBA history, Emoji Wednesday. You missed Emoji Wednesday. Holy! You missed the really, honestly, you missed the biggest Twitter day in Charlotte Hornets media coverage because this Jeremy Lin signing was was a boon uh, for everyone, and we'll get into more about why that is. But I want to just run down real quick the roster update. Uh, Producer Katie uh, asked me the other day. She said, "You know, who is on this roster and who is not?" I, I you know, I think the, the people out there need to kind of get just a quick breakdown. So here it is: your your new Hornets are Jeremy Lin, uh, point guard, free agency, two years, four million dollar deal. Got him with that biannual exceptions. Got a second year player option, and then in the trade market. The Hornets acquired Nick Batum, shooting guard from Portland. Uh, He has one year left on his deal, about $13 million. And then uh, Spencer Hawes acquired in the trade that sent uh, Lance Stevenson away. And then sort of in that same deal, but a a complicated series of deals, also brought Jeremy Lamb, shooting guard, uh, small forward from Oklahoma City. And then in the draft, we have Frank Kaminsky, uh, power forward, center, combo, stretch four guy. Uh, from Wisconsin. And then finally, uh, the most recent, the official most recent signing, Aaron Harrison. Uh, he has a two year deal, partially guaranteed uh, with a team option there on that second year. Uh, out, no longer Hornets, uh, a fan favorite, Bismack Biombo. He's out to Toronto. Gerald Henderson, Noah Vonley, they were sent away in that Nick Batum trade to Portland. Jason Maxiel is a free agent, and Mo Williams was a free agent and signed. With Cleveland. So there's your quick roster update. Who's in, who's out. Now we want to talk about it. And that brings us to our first Hornets hot topic. Hansel. So hot right now. Hansel. David, your thoughts. I mean, you're back from vacation. What's going on? I mean, how do you feel about just overall big picture, the, the ins and the outs here?
0: Well, I think Steve Clifford hit on it a little bit in, his, in the uh, Jeremy Lynn press conference kind of keynoting some of the points that they were focusing on going into the season, shooting and getting a little bit taller and getting a little more length at a lot of positions, point guard being the most notable going along with that press uh, press conference. But they wanted to add some offense and some and some guys that could create some offense. And if you go all the way back to the Nick Batum trade, which is really a big part of the Hornets'
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, free agency period for them, uh, I think they did that. I mean, they got a guy in the draft in Frank Kaminsky who can shoot, who can spread the floor. They addressed shooting and spacing, which were huge, huge obvious needs for this team coming out of last season. So, I mean, you got to feel good looking at who they brought in. It may have not been some of the names, may have not been some of the names that were on the radar early on. I mean, Lynn kind of came out of nowhere. And we can get into that a little bit later. but Yeah, we'll
1: talk much more about Lynn in the yeah. second segment. I do, I want to play, I have some sound that goes along with what you're talking about, Clifford uh, media availability after the Jeremy Lynn press conference. He's talking about Lynn and Kemba playing together, but he has some some notes about these uh, roster moves. want to play that sound for you.
0: He can play with Kemba, and that's what I like. It is hard for guys to play 14 minutes a night and play well. It is. It just is.
1: And when you play two guys at every spot, that's what happens, you know. So having a guy that can play the one and the two, okay, and then also
0: with the possibility of what Nicholas can do in different positions is you can play nine guys and they can all get a lot of minutes.
1: Okay, so David, that's Steve Clifford there uh, talking about the roster versatility that these moves have brought to the Charlotte Hornets. And I think it's an important thing to understand that. Again, we've said this many times on this show. The Hornets went into this free agency slash you know trading bonanza period with a strategy in mind, and and that strategy uh, had a lot to do with not only what happened last season, but also in in the previous few seasons where the three point shooting has been uh, not so good. Poor. And injuries have left the Hornets with with few options. And not only in just the players that are behind the starting lineup, but also the fact that if you look at free agency last year, okay, Brian Roberts, Marvin Williams, Lance Stevenson, like Brian Roberts couldn't play a lot of two because of height and defense issues. No. And Marvin uh, played more four than anything. And then Lance Stevenson didn't play much at all. So there wasn't a lot of – and we saw it early in the season, right? I mean, Clifford had no idea what to do with these guys. That's why we saw like 12 men rotations. Clifford wants to get this down to nine guys, and it seems kind of counterintuitive to say, well, you brought in six guys, you know, and you got your starting lineup pretty locked in. How does that get you to nine guys? But having that roster versatility means that, you know, you don't have to – supplant five guys in your starting lineup and bring in five new guys because you can move pieces around
0: they added talent too i mean (laughs) yeah
1: you can't you can't discount that
0: that was the other big thing that they needed to look at was just bringing in more talent And, and to be quite honest i don't think they could be very picky with where they wanted to add those you know those spots i mean there were there were clear needs but if if they saw a guy that was talented uh, that they went out and got him, or they tried to at least. I mean, Batum, they've been trying to upgrade that two-guard spot for the last two to three years. They tried to do it last year. They, they signed um, Hayward to the max offer sheet. Did not work out. They tried again in the same offseason, signing Lance Stevenson. That did not work out. And so this was their third try to upgrade that two-guard spot and at the same time got, like I said, got longer, got bigger in the backcourt which is another thing they tried to do with both of those guys last year, and then they go and add Jeremy Lin, who gives you some more height. I'll be interested to see what Clifford can do with—he's got finally got some height in the backcourt, especially at the point guard position. So it's, it should be nice.
1: Yeah, not only height, but—and this is another thing that Cliff, Clifford stressed—he, th- they went out and got playmakers. He and Batum. Right. I yep. mean, yeah, exactly. Like, and,
0: and I mean, I, you know, Kaminsky's not gonna break anybody down off the dribble every night but I mean he's not uh, he gets the ball and he can do something with it he is decisive I mean he's not the best passer in the world but he's not a um, you know I wouldn't consider him just a lost cause as far as creating for other guys
1: no I think his passing ability is something that people uh, have said it's something that can definitely develop into something more it's not there yet uh, but Kaminsky has it, it goes back to this point he has a feel for the game Jeremy Lin has a feel for the game. Nick Batum, while he struggled last year to score the basketball, still has a feel for the game. And you can't, like, it seems like a throwaway f- phrase, like feel for the game, what does that mean? But when you watch these guys play, and you watch, I mean, summer league take Summer League, for example. When you watch Frank Kaminsky string together a series of fakes, up and unders, spin moves, pivots off his left foot, and when you start to watch him string together those things, and, and it's effortless; it's he's not thinking about it. That feel for the game is what playmaking is all about. Yeah, and and you, and that's
0: not something you know. That's not something they've automatically had with additions. They not last the year, right? Not last year. Not, not, not that the guys weren't that, but you know, a guy they just let go of who they spent a lot of time on. This is a st- extreme example, but Bismack Mack I mean, he did get a lot of playing time on the floor. There was a lot of teaching going on there, uh, and we all know his, his shortcomings. But your point stands: they're bringing in guys who can contribute right away.
1: Absolutely, uh, yeah, contribute right away. They're in you know a win now mode. Um, but just for example, I mean, so you've got you've got Kaminsky who can make plays off the dribble. Uh, he can he can shoot the ball, so he and, he and he knows where to be on the floor. But Jeremy Lin, a guy that can. Get past a lot of people in this league, and and again, once you get past your first defender and get into the lane, a lot of things can happen because spacing the floor is not always about just having four guys who can shoot the basketball who sit out beyond the three-point line. It's about making defenders look off their man. It's about moving defenders and, and Lynn does that by getting to the rim. And, and he's shown an ability not only to get to the rim and finish, but he's shown an ability to get to the rim and pass out to that high post position. A high-low game. It's something that Memphis has perfected. It's something that I feel like the Hornets, though they've brought in pretty good prospects and pretty good talent and guys like Cody Zeller, that high-low game just hasn't developed for some reason. Maybe Lynn is the catalyst for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it all goes back to bringing in guys who are ready to play. And every move they've made this offseason signals that that was their focus. I mean, Kaminsky, four-year player, national player of the year, ready to play. Batum, you know, solidified starter in this league, ready to play. Um, you know, they, t- they, they, they got Lamb, who's got potential. Uh, but he's an NBA player and ready to play. And, Lynn, again, you go back to that, uh, the somebody who could step in right away. And we did have a question about Brian Roberts come through over Twitter and what this means for his future with this team, I guess. Um, it, it's not – I wouldn't say it's a resounding pat on the back.
1: No. And, you know, you have the signing of Aaron Harrison as well, and, and Harrison is seen by the organization as a one because of his size. Yeah. I mean he can he can get to the rim and finish with both hands but he's not a two guard. They, they they see him as as a developmental prospect who can play the point guard position. And so you sign him as well. He's probably not going to get you know playing time unless there are series of injuries. Yeah. But again, yeah, you're right. It's not a resounding pat on the back for Brian Roberts. But at the same time, I mean, look. David, you, you we witnessed it last year. Like Brian Roberts was not the 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 free agency prospect that fans were sold on. No, he he struggled to shoot, and and while you know Clifford uh, was very uh, I don't know what the right word is just honorable by by standing up for him and saying he creates a lot in the pick and roll. What he created uh, did not give this team enough to justify uh, uh, what he lacked. And I I don't – I don't know. I just don't see a future for Brian Roberts in Charlotte, unfortunately.
0: 32% from three last year, dropping significantly from the year before, which was 36%, which had dropped from about 39% uh, in 2012, 2013. So not all that's on Brian Roberts. You know, I mean, um, some of that is the guys around him, some of the guys he's playing with. But uh, certainly he didn't have the year that – he nor the Hornets thought that he would have coming in. He had his moments. Um, so I think it's still to be determined. He's got about $2 million still due for him this upcoming season. Um, so you never know. I mean, it wouldn't shock me with with the signing and the bringing in of multiple point guards. It, it never makes anyone who's a backup point guard feel good. No,
1: absolutely not. Um, let's talk about – so Clifford wants to get this down to a nine-man rotation ultimately just looking at this roster just early guess at, at how that nine man rotation shakes out although I should put a caveat on this that with the nine man rotation it can always change and so you know Clifford talked about in the press conference you know you'll you'll play a couple of weeks with some guys and then they'll fall off the map it's just based on opponents it gives you a lot of versatility but just early on, what do you see? What, what would you like to see the nine man rotation be? You know, just given that that everybody plays to uh, their right, you know, potential.
0: Well, I think Kemba, Batum, MKG probably start out with Cody Ziller. and mm-hmm. Al. So that's, that's your five. five starting five, and then you're going to play Lynn. I think mm-hmm. he is just going to be your backup point guard over over Roberts. Oh yeah, um, Frank.
1: I like Frank. Yeah, I like Frank in this rotation. I like Lamb in this rotation. So that's. And probably
0: Lamb. Um, Then you got. I think Marvin, you know, it's interesting you mentioned Marvin because if they could get him back to playing the three a little bit. He
1: had to play four. Right. That's what you have to understand. It's now. He
0: does not have to play the four at all, really. I mean, on some lineups, he will. But, you know, you've got the four solidified. Mm -hmm. So you could, you know, and you've got a veteran guy out there throw him in at the three and see what happens. I think he's going to be in the mix, especially early on. Uh, and then, you know, P.J.
1: Yeah, P.J. Troy. P.J. Harrison, Troy Daniels. Aaron, I mean, Troy
0: Daniels had a good summer league, I thought.
1: Had a great summer league. Yeah. Uh, felt confident, was knocking down threes. But those guys are going to be on, on the back of that rotation. Right. They're, they're going to be guys that step up into the rotation when, when injuries inevitably occur. But – Again, I think that's a solid – again, you look at this roster and you have to say, wow, for the first time in several years, this is a legitimate NBA roster. And not just like – I mean, the the roster that we had last year could have been a playoff roster had it not been for a few key injuries to the top three players.
0: Again, good enough – last year to for make like an NBA eighth East. seventh yeah. you know maybe six and we didn't mention Spencer Hawes I don't think they acquired they, they didn't go out and try to acquire Spencer Hawes that was a get rid of Lance move
1: it'll that's the to me talk about biggest camp question mark
0: that's where does he fit
1: yeah where does he fit how does he look in camp I hope there are many questions by our talented beat reporters about the status of Spencer Hawes, because I think that's the biggest question mark. All right, let's let's uh, let's get to, oh, by the way, for in-depth information about camp, roster changes, roster moves, make sure you check out our home at thehive.com. Follow them on Twitter at, at, underscore, the, underscore, Hive. Let's talk about, oh, I don't know, Jeremy Lynn. Uh, probably, is it fair to say? I mean, this is like the hottest celebrity hornet. I mean, definitely on the team right now, but...
0: I'm leaning way back in my chair right now to ponder this one.
1: I mean, think about it. Like, the the playoff year, there weren't... And I'm not talking about talent. I'm just talking about celebrity, you know, Twitter following. Right. He's He has a huge Twitter following. He has a huge worldwide base of fans you know i mean you'd have to reach back into the sort of zo grandmama
0: you'd have to go back there there you hasn't
1: been a guy even b diddy as, as he was an all-star as mm-hmm. good as he was he did not have that you know again it's, it has nothing to, or it has little to do with talent it has more to do with a lot of sort of outside factors right. that that make entertainment fun i think you're right you know
0: what's funny doug and uh i'll go back a, a few weeks ago actually let me go back a few weeks earlier than that Draft Preview, Nada, a uh, guest friend of the show, mm-hmm. asked us what draft pick you would be disappointed with. I said Frank Kaminsky.
1: <laughs> okay. What would
0: you say? You said Frank, too, I think. Probably. And then, uh, Free Agency Preview Show, you asked me specifically about Jeremy Lynn. and I was like, Doug, no, I don't think so. Not a good fit, and uh, he doesn't want to be here. Basically, summarize what I said which was silly because of, obviously he loved Charlotte. So that was dumb on my part.
1: Well, it's, it, it speaks to the fact that we, just by virtue of what we do, we have to sort of do research on the fly. So a lot of the times we don't dig in until, until something happens because we don't have a team of researchers. So, right. But, you know, once we started digging, uh, you know, the, the fit seemed apparent. And, and,
0: and it's a good deal again with Cho, two I years, mean, a great $4 million. And, and that's the thing. I think at the time we were looking at more at the mid level, um, which, which didn't get used. And, and, and Lynn is on the, uh, the buy, the bay as we call it, the biannual right. exception. Um, so maybe that was some of my thinking. But, yeah, I mean, I was surprised. But it sounds like Lynn was surprised as well. He said the Hornets came in late in the process there. and Dallas
1: and, was the big yeah. – was the he didn't mention it in the press conference, but all the rumors suggested Dallas. And, and I think when you had the DeAndre stuff happening and then they probably got whispers that Darren Williams, who they're now pursuing, was going to be available. And yep. so they sort of you, – you listen to Jeremy Lynn in that press conference and it sounded like, to me, it sounded like – Lynn thought it was a done deal. Lynn thought he was going to Dallas, you know. He
0: mentioned one other team.
1: Yeah, and and, and that and was and his then thinking. Right. Charlotte comes in, and he talked about it. Charlotte came in early and met with with him, and then you know got back into it late in the process once you know other pieces started to fall away. And that's you know again that's you tend that's how this stuff tends to happen. I said that in the free agency preview. I said, look, you know you're going to have the, the big markets, the big names are going to be you know digging and fighting for guys. And then they're going to fall away, and then those guys will open themselves up to to smaller markets. But I think here's where I really like this signing the most. You had Lynn talk about how he, he talked to Steve Clifford, Coach Steve Clifford, and he was doing nothing but just praising Steve Clifford's knowledge of basketball. And if we learned anything from the LaMarcus Aldridge affair in in Los Angeles, the the tire fire that was the Lakers pitch to LaMarcus Aldridge, we learned that, that guys in the modern NBA love to hear about basketball and how they fit and how their game's going to get better in a market as opposed to you know, what what your celebrity status is going to be, what perks you'll get in Los Angeles. You know, LaMarcus wanted to hear, like, how How is this going to work? What is this going to do to my stats? What is this going to do to my basketball reference page? So hearing Jeremy Lin say that about Clifford, that resonates. And and guys talk, and agents talk. And so if Charlotte, as a small market, ever wants to be a big player for a guy like LaMarcus in the future, they've got to do two things. One, they've got to become a three- or four-seed in the East. Right. And two, they have to have that reputation of we can make you better by having, you know the staff behind us. So I think that's to me, that's what stood out the most from that Lynn Presser uh, in terms of the not only will Lynn succeed in this environment, which I think he will, but also will Charlotte be a player in the future for bigger free agents? You know, in the uh, I, ha- yeah. I have another thought, but I want to let you. Well, it's a process, respond.
0: right? When you're talking about that free agency process, you almost have to get those meetings before you can actually make those deals, like Toronto, Sorry, Toronto. Toronto, yeah, exactly. You want to be in the conversation, and and not that this move necessarily. We're trying, seals we're trying that.
1: to like do the thing before you get into the conversation, right. before you get into right. the actual conversation.
0: But look, I mean, we're at the
1: pre-party to the pre-party.
0: This is the role play portion of the evening. Um, <laughs> but look, we said it all along. Charlotte was. Limited severely with what they could do uh, this offseason, let alone in free agency. So mm-hmm. they had to kind of sit on the sidelines for the first rush and, and wait to see what happened. And, and you're right. I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me, one jumping on that Clifford conversation, was um, Rich Cho flew out there, went to his house, and, and got the signature signed. And knew where his house was. I knew where his house uh, was. Got right. an answer at the Called door. Him.
1: Unlike Mark Cuban, so
0: many, how many, how many guys <laughs> went to other guys' houses during this free agency period? I mean, oh, you had the Clippers doing, you know, they had a hostage type situation, right? And uh, so, but th- that's good to hear. You know, it's good to hear Cho going out there because, like we said, he was limited. If he missed on this, if he missed on Lynn, you know, what else? What else was out there?
1: Not, I mean, there's still there's, some, there's still there guys. There always going to be guys, but, but it
0: would it would not have caused a stir. He knew the guy that he wanted, and and he went out and got it done. But the other thing I liked hearing from Lynn, and he talked about his time in New York and some of the holes in his game that a bit that were talked about. Not, I've got
1: I've got some sound on that. Okay. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Let me roll that and then if you compare
0: me, you know, three four years ago till now, um, I think a lot of the areas in which people kind of attack my game in New York, which was mainly uh, defense turnovers, uh, shooting and going left. I think if you look year to year, all those have, you know, the turnovers have gone down, the three-point percentage has gone up. Going left is, um, actually I was a lot more efficient going left last year than in a lot of iso situations than going right.
1: So he knows basketball, David.
0: Yeah. And he knows what he needs to work on. And he was, that was, that was not, you know, that was off the dome. That was something he had locked in and he knew what he was working on. And he's right. You know, his turnovers went down last year, 2.2 a game. And they've gone down every year uh, since that New York year, since he really started playing. So that shows progress and that shows a guy that's still in the league, still trying to get better. And the thing that excites me about getting him with Clifford is, like I said, we haven't seen Clifford bring in a guy who's got sort of the rangy, longer point guard skills that Lynn brings to the table, uh, who can get out there and and shake some things up. He's going to give you a different look than Kemba does, certainly. And he's a little more of a facilitator. Between him and Batum, you're going to have guys on the floor at all times that can create besides Kemba.
1: Yeah, so we went through a lot of the really in-depth basketball stuff on Lynn uh, a a few days ago when we did that stinger with Nick Denning. You can find that on just go to hivetalklive.com. So we're kind of uncovering some of the sort of things you wouldn't know just by watching his tape, you know, from that Lynn Presser. And one thing, one other thing that stuck out to me was that he, as you'd think a guy like him who went through insanity, who went through that yeah. craziness in New York. Insane. And got the big contract with Houston. You'd think he would be a guy, I want to phrase this right, that's media, media polished. And it's not that he's unpolished. But but that you'd think he'd be a guy that was just used to giving out can phrases, but he's not. He's a guy that really you you tell he speaks from the heart. Someone asked him in this press conference something to the effect: "I'm going to get this completely wrong, but it's just maybe his like favorite thing about coming to Charlotte or something." Or anyway, the the point is, he thought about it for a second. Goes, I don't know. You know, it's not like he yeah. didn't have that can response like, "Oh, I'm just happy to be here, you know, I just want to get a few wins." He's a smart guy. He's a smart he's an extremely intelligent guy. Harvard. He so we went to Harvard. Harvard. And he speaks, you know, truthfully, he speaks intelligently and he, and he and he speaks a little bit off the cuff and I, I again, I think uh as a media member you love that cuz he's going to be a great quote, but I think as a fan uh again, it's just telling about his knowledge of the game, his knowledge of himself, and when you go through all of those things that he went through in Houston and Los Angeles, as a fan, again, you want to know that that guy's not been scarred, that he's not been, you know, completely damaged by those. And it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like he is completely just focused on getting better and making this team better. And it's not a canned response. It's something you can actually buy. So
0: yeah. And I think, you know, he was pretty upfront and honest about his time in L.A. Uh, and some of the, you know, moving to the bench, once signing that huge contract in Houston, being demoted, and, and, and some of the trials and tribulations he had to go through and, and how it probably made him a, a, t- a tougher person, a better person, for having going through that. And that's great to hear. Um, like we said, he's a smart guy, went to Harvard, the Stansbury of the East. Um, the Stansbury of the East? What does that mean? You ever watch Saved by the Bell?
1: Well, that's for the deep cuts. That's deep. <laughs> deep cuts only. I watched. Um, say, I watched Saved by the Bell, but I was. It was one of those things. Like I didn't get a lot. Of, I was a little. Again, I was a little on the young oh, side. Geez, here that's another go. thing. Here that's another thing we should tell the new listeners is that I'm a little younger, and and David, I won't say older. I'll just say you're a little more seasoned. I'm. Je- by the way, D- David. We're gonna get to some we're gonna get to some Twitter comments here in just a second, but I just want to take a moment to say, David, I'm honestly jealous of you in the same way that I'm jealous of my older cousin. I've heard this because no, actually, I haven't. (laughs) Because you're, I feel like I'm, I'm just young enough to have missed some of the great '90s things. Like I feel like I'm a '90s kid in a sense. But but I'm sort of um, an adopted '90s kid.
0: You're jumping. I mean, how far are you through oh now? What season are we on?
1: Uh, about three or four. Beverly Hills
0: 90210. Right, that is Not, kids. Right. So that's fine. The good news is technology, Doug. It's you true. It's back. allowed
1: me to you know adopt uh, some sort. It's like I remember one moment, my cousin listening to like Led Zeppelin 4 or something. And I'm like, damn it, you're so cool. Like, I couldn't get into, like, grunge. I was too young for grunge. I was too young for so much. Well. Anyway. Uh, let, let me
0: bring this back <laughs> to Jeremy Lynn for a second. <laughs> I don't on. even know where we were. Go Sorry ahead. about that. Just um, up. But, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of good things you heard in that. And I think you're right. I mean, you go back to those stories sleeping on the couch before he got the, the big contract. Mm-hmm. You're sleeping on, was it David Lee's couch or somebody in New York? So uh, he seems like a down to earth guy who should do well in Charlotte. Oh and by
1: the way, Lynn, uh, no, he, he got into this a little bit on F and Z. He is very familiar with uh, Stephen Silas, uh, yeah, in Golden and, State together. Right. And talked about how Stephen uh, paid attention to his game, even though he was like 15th man on the roster. And uh, he's familiar obviously with Dan Tony, who has probably spoken volumes about Clifford. So Lynn, familiar with the coaching staff already, and and is already enamored, and I, I think it means good things for Charlotte. Let's go to uh, producer Katie. How are you, producer Katie? Hey, I'm great. Uh, let's let's get some tweets. Uh, we we promise some interaction. So what's what's going on 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 the Twitterverse? Sweet tweets.
0: So I know we're talking about Jeremy <laughs> Lynn right Are you okay? He's a little <laughs> <I'm> exasperated. All <laughs> right. Let's say by the Bell detour. <laughs>
1: There's just a lot that goes into having to take care of the show. I mean, oh, my god. All gosh, right, calm down. Opens. What are the tweets? So we've got a lot of action here with Frank Kaminsky, and people have been watching him on Summer League. We've got Daniel Tapp saying he plays with confidence. He can take a foul and not act like a baby about it. He doesn't cry for foul calls. He just plays. Agreed, Daniel. You got to like that? Although... He does have a little bit of what Colin Hoggard from WFNZ mentioned as he's developing sort of a baby boozer yell when he gets fouled. Like, oh, give it (laughs) up. Right. So maybe not a whine so much as just sort of a a sell by Well, if that's developing,
0: we've got to get Frank in here. We've got to talk him out of that. We've got to do something.
1: Yeah, there's got to be some kind of like tape you can listen to at night that talks like a smoking, you know, thing. Anyway, Katie, anything else? We also have another tweet about Kaminsky saying, this is from Grant, saying, Kaminsky will have to bulk up in order to play well with longer minutes against more aggressive power forwards, and this can be done through hard work. It's true. (laughs) So true. It's true. Great analysis there by Grant. Although I'll say, if Summer League made me optimistic about anything, it's that his quickness, and again, his ability to string those moves together, his feel for the game... Will allow him. Uh, by the way, thanks, Katie, for those for those tweets. Will allow him to maneuver past certain defenders where where his strength lacks. That will that will come into effect. I think you'll see that. Yeah, you'll see that. I think play. that'll
0: come. I mean, he's got to get, he's a little get stronger. stronger. Yeah.
1: All right. So there there it is. Keep tweeting us at Hive Talk Live. We'll try to get to a few more here. Good thoughts, though. At the end of the show. Yeah. No, listen. This is what I'm saying, David. We're talking about we're Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. We don't. I, I didn't just say that. That's from three years of experiencing our fans tweeting us with, with great knowledge of the game. Watching Summer League.
0: I said this Taking is it. Taking notes. <laughs> that's right. Waiting for the show.
1: This is an exclusive club. I've always said that, that the, this show is an exclusive club for people who, who know basketball, who want to learn more about basketball, just like you and I. We learn more about the game Every single day, and part of that comes from just listening to uh, to uh, our fans. Hey, speaking of fans, uh, Jeremy Lin had a, one more interesting comment on uh, some fan interaction that he's already had in Charlotte. We know all about Lin sanity about his fans. Uh, here, here's what he had to say:
0: Last night, I was just eating, and some <laughs> I went to catch up with my uh, my Harvard uh, teammate, and this mm-hmm. guy just came up and was like. Welcome to Queen City. I'm on the phone with my girlfriend. Do you want to talk to her? I was like, uh, no, not really. Um.
1: (laughs) Like, all right. Welcome. Here's here's the thing. So we're we're talking about rules of celebrity engagement, okay? Because Charlotte, not, I don't think, not used to a, a lot of celebrity action in the public sphere, basketball or otherwise. So we need to talk a little bit about some celebrity etiquette. My man should have stopped with welcome to the Queen City. Like, welcome to the Queen City. Glad to have you here. Proceed. (laughs) Enjoy your meal, right? You can't do that. Like, my girlfriend's on the phone. You want to talk to her? Of course she doesn't want to talk to your girlfriend.
0: I'm sure she's nice. I'm (laughs) sure she's very lovely. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean... How about this? Maybe the girlfriend didn't want to talk to Jeremy. <laughs> Guy? No, think I think that? that's awesome, though. I mean, welcome to the Queen City. Uh, yeah, and then that's a good place. For the first starters, next time you see him, maybe,
1: maybe, right. maybe step. Maybe happen-
0: steps. Next time, remember me? Probably not. Well, I said hey, hey to you last week. I want to talk to my girlfriend.
1: That's a good point. So it has to be serendipitous. If you see the man out in public three times and have an interaction with him, maybe, maybe. You could say something more than, than welcome to the Queen's City. Then but you
0: guys are sharing a meal, having Thanksgiving. I don't know where it goes. I'm just saying, take it slow. But
1: listen, this is the point. Like, if you're in Charlotte, this is, this is not a tourist town. And, and it's what I think makes this place one of the more desirable locations to certain free agents is that they, they can come here and not experience that madness and, and it's okay it's okay to to see Patrick Ewing walking down the street and go hey coach Ewing good luck on the season oh uh, it's more than okay it's awesome it's more than okay but just don't give him a hug like see there's there's lines there's boundaries and and my thing is like if you treat here's the the golden rule treat a celebrity the same way that you would treat your bro any human being yes your bro doesn't want to talk to your girlfriend they probably hate each other. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> right. She takes all your time away. Um,
0: <sighs> it is the that's, summer. That's here. <laughs> all I wanted to say. That's, <laughs> that's, hey, all, I, that's w- all I wanted to say. Real Listen, quick. Yeah. Last thing on Jeremy Lynn. Okay. He got his own, of course, Jersey Cake. Now, are these Jersey Cakes. Everyone's gotten one, the new Hornets that I, I've seen. Wait a
1: minute. I haven't got – I cried about not getting a jersey cake. I, I would love a jersey they cake. They
0: look delicious. I'll try and tweet out a picture A piece. Of this. I just want a piece. Just like they do have sleeves, but just like uh, – yeah. No, they don't have sleeves. They don't okay. have sleeves.
1: That could have been extra icing, though. So I may have – If he's talking about like I'm opposed to sleeves. That would be the one place on a cake. That I you wouldn't know, be not. opposed to jersey sleeves because it probably means more icing. But is this
0: a thing? Is this a is this a new Hornets thing? Is this a tradition?
1: It's apparently it's a tradition because well, I love it. We did it last year with Lance. Lance got a jersey cake.
0: Lamb, Lamb, and Batum got their got two jersey cakes.
1: That's when you know a franchise is committed when they'll bake for you. That's when you know that's a keeper.
0: Did you think they get a request? What? Some people like
1: yellow. No, fillings. Some listen, people like chocolate. Listen, if you don't listen, some people like a carrot cake. If you don't think that that Worldwide West that like their agent isn't on the phone being like, I want chocolate on chocolate, or I'm not coming to Charlotte, then you're crazy. You got to rep your guy listen, and say, listen, I'm I a watch, chocolate. chocolate. ballers.
0: I watch ballers. Okay, <laughs> so
1: you're an expert. <laughs> Oh, Jersey Cake. That was great. That was a great topic of conversation. Thank you very much. Hey, listen, if you love the Jersey Cake conversation and you would like to, to hear it again, then may I suggest that you subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, we have a new iTunes link. So, Producer Katie, if you could find that iTunes link and tweet that out, that would be amazing. Uh, we had to get a new link. Uh, iTunes is a little finicky. So we've got a new link. So make sure if you subscribe to us last season that you re-up that link. And you can get episodes of the show automatically downloaded to your phone through the power of the internet. All right, about 15 minutes left. I wanted to talk a little bit about Summer League. First of all, before we get into this, oh man, I'm just, I'm like shaking. I want to talk about this so bad. But before we do, I want to just get your thoughts on Summer League because I haven't been able to because you've been on vacation. So your, your impressions, first of all, how much does summer league matter to you in terms of evaluating talent?
0: You just want to see your guys. I mean, really, you just want to see the rookies and the guys that have a making have a shot to make the roster or that were on the roster last year play well. I mean, you don't really care about wins. It's nice to get some wins. I think the Bobcats almost won, or they were in the championship game. That wasn't last year, was it? No.
1: I, you're. I have no. Again, you're right. I'll pull it out doesn't my, matter. I'll so pull out I don't. pay will get you.
0: home. But, yeah, I mean, you just want to see those guys play well, especially the rookies, and you want to see how they fit into an NBA system uh, and play. But you can't put a ton of stock into it. I mean, I saw some folks down on the Justice Winslow because he had maybe a shaky start to Summer League. But we won't go there tonight. We've got all summer to go there. Um, I have
1: to get Chris Barnwell because he will vehemently disagree with you. Yeah, I know. and I, not,
0: not that I agree with it. I'm just saying you can take it any way you want. I mean, Summer League is Summer League for a reason. It's a time for guys to go out there and
1: prove that they're comfortable. Yeah, that's to me. That's the big thing. It's not, yeah. it, 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 I don't even want to look at the stats. It's just you can tell if a guy is, is comfortable out on the floor. And, and to me, that was the, the point.
0: Yeah, that was the point for Frank. I mean, mm-hmm. and I thought he did look comfortable. I mean, there were times when he didn't get the touches and he did disappear a little bit, but he's playing with guys. Like I said, they're trying to make the roster too. They may not be getting him the ball. In the exact right spot, he's got maybe has to be a little more vocal to get that ball too. But Patrick Ewing said another interesting thing. You know that some of that's on him. He's got to draw up things and make it a point to on say, "On Patrick, yeah, on Patrick, uh, this is designed to get Frank Kaminsky a look." Um, so you know, I thought he handled himself well and, and looked pretty good from from what I saw.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I've uh, definitely I, I thought that Frank looked comfortable uh and again we've we've talked about it already this show he he looked like he had a feel for the game he could string moves together and get to the basket and also execute that pick and pop game well and that's no that's no easy feat when you're playing in in really sort of a improvisational offense that's what summer league is. There's no yeah. real like oh, let's drop this play that we've been that we practiced in training camp and then practice every other day and and done it in a game a a couple billion times. Like, no, I mean, this. The, these guys are thrown together, and, and you have what you have.
0: Harrison, too, though. I mean, that you mm-hmm. don't see that a lot. <laughs> you don't see a guy basically come off the street. We knew who he was. People know the name because of Kentucky.
1: And, and we essentially get – basically, I, I've seen this kind of bandied around, but you think about it, we always talk about Rich Cho being anemic to mm-hmm. second-round picks, and, and now you sort of see his strategy fleshed out that instead of you can deal that second pick for something – and then come away with, hopefully, the idea is you come away with something in summer league, and that's essentially what Aaron was.
0: Yeah, and maybe a step to cementing that D-League team uh, that is solely owned by the Hornets, which you've heard so much about, because you got to think if that's in place, he's going to see some some time between Charlotte and, you know, wherever that may be.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the D-League team, we could have a whole conversation about that. You know, it would be, a again, a great resource to have – if you have your own D-League team to not only bring on Aaron, but like Quale and a couple of the other guys that showed out in summer league, you could stash those guys away. And again, they're not yours. Like you don't have the rights to them, but at the same time, they're in your development system. You have control over that development. You have control over the minutes. Whereas now the Hornets share a D-League team with several other teams. And so you don't have that control. So I know the guys in in on believe in Asheville want that D League team in Asheville and there's you know groups that want it in Greensboro so we'll keep you up to date on where that D League team is going to come.
0: I'm in on Asheville. I'm in.
1: You like it. I love it. It would Asheville. it would give me a reason to go to Asheville. I feel like I don't really have one. Somebody's somebody's like you like Asheville. i was like I don't know. I don't really have I have a particular reason to go there. No, you do. Maybe. Uh, maybe. There's
0: a lot of microbreweries around there. If that's your thing, that's, that's either it, way, take it or leave it. It
1: is my thing. Okay. Uh, let's talk about one other thing from Summer League. I'm sure you've seen this, even though you were on vacation, this uh, sudden death overtime in Summer League. It's awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. I want to get some Twitter thoughts on it. Tell us what you think about the sudden death overtime in Summer League. So, And if you don't know anything about it, I'll explain it to you. Basically, Summer League has one standard overtime period. And then if it goes into double overtime, that double overtime turns into sudden death. So basically, first basket wins it. And I just, I love it.
0: I'm, I wonder why they don't just do it right after. Just why even mess with the first? overtime? I like inferior? the first. Be, I mean, I guess I like got the first to, overtime. But they're they're acknowledging. They're like, all right. Uh, we've uh, we've we've done this. For I'll say this, going and I don't think hours.
1: I'll say this, and I don't think I'm alone with some listeners out there who who attended some of these games last year. There were a couple of double, triple overtime games for the Hornets that went on into the uh, 30, 11 o'clock <laughs> hour, and I would have loved me some sudden death. And I think you know this team has. Talk about this roster. I think this roster has an ability to win a sudden death over time. But what do you think? I mean, look, the NBA will never do this.
0: No. (laughs)
1: But. This is perfect for summer league. But wouldn't it be awesome?
0: I would love a a sudden death. Only if you did it like American Gladiator style where you had one guy from each team at the baseline. You put the ball in the middle of the court. They each have to race to the center jump circle. I like it. Wrestle the ball away. Okay. And then whoever makes the layup wins
1: as long it can, can both mascots get involved?
0: Yeah. They're shooting the tennis ball cannon gun.
1: <laughs> Perfect. No, but, but in all seriousness, like what I hate most is when we get into these triple overtime affairs and you have like, you look at the box score and it's like double overtime with zero two. And, and it's because these guys are gassed. So I think it's suddenly,
0: cause it's summer league. Yeah. No, I'm, playing, just, I'm talking playing. about like regular, like NBA oh, games yeah.
1: and, and, I just think the sudden death aspect. Just, I mean, your 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 butt gets tight. You know what I'm saying? You're like, uh," like, you want to see? I do. (laughs) I have a way with words, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I have. This is why I'm a professional. That Um, you know
0: what else though? It's like now I want to watch the summer league games, and if they're getting close, I'm like, maybe we could have a sudden sudden death. That's what I'm rooting for now.
1: Yes. I think we should we should push for this more.
0: Great idea though, but that's that's good because dudes, before the last couple of seasons, it used to be summer league games. Here are the games, enjoy your games. Now tournament format, bracket style games, there's a champion. Uh they did t shirts and hats, I think, one year. Maybe they'll do that in Vegas <laughs> this year. Seems a little a little out there, but hey. I'll take a free T-shirt and hat.
1: Apparently the, the attendance numbers are crazy in summer league. I'll say this. It was funny. When I watched the first summer league game, uh, I believe it was Memphis and Orlando, that went to sudden death, they got into the second overtime, and I said, my God, two overtimes? In summer league? Let's just call it a tie. And then they came out and said, no, this is going to be sudden death. And I'm like, I'm in.
0: I'm in. I'm ready. Let's let's see what happens. It was like the music dropped.
1: And then it creates all kinds of drama, right? Russ Smith hits the floater to win that sudden death game in the in the summer league regular season, right? And then in the summer league championship game, he does the same thing. Well, I I don't know if it wasn't a floater, but he Mr. wins clutch. it. But he wins it in sudden death. So again, you just you and it would forever change, I think, clutch statistics because you would just have more of these opportunities where it's like one. You're just getting inbounds, play, inbounds, play, inbounds. But I, I don't, to me, again, it will never happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's be clear about that. It will
1: never happen. But, but damn it, it would be fun if it did. All right. Uh, time for, I really got to get a drop for this, David. Time for uh, one last thing. This is a good one. I saw it early this morning. It was a nice treat when I woke up. Former Charlotte Bobcat. Boris Diao teamed up with National Geographic for Kids to write a book, a children's book, called Hoops to Hippos. And just as we did, the longtime listeners will remember this, just as we did for the Zeller family biography, Uh, this is exclusive to Hive Talk Live. We've uh, dug up some unused titles. These are titles for Boris Diao's children's book, that hit the cutting room floor, didn't make the cut. Roll the music. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. rainbow. A reading, yeah. rainbow. A reading rainbow. rainbow. So these are titles for Boris Dial's book, Children's Book for National Geographic. That you like that you like that drop? <laughs> Did that bring back some memories? You're in, you're a nineties kid. Classic. <laughs> All right. I don't know. How many do you have? I've just got one. Okay. Well, let me roll through a couple of mine then, and then we'll... My first one is, uh, this is, again, uh, a title that hit the cutting room floor for Boris D'Al's children's book, Everybody Poops Until They Get to San Antonio. All right. Second one. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you can't see it on radio, but I got a, a, a... Nodding approval from David on that one. All right, here we go. Uh, second title for this children's book, Good Night Moon Pies. Good night. Anyone who's a Bob by the way, new listeners, Bobcats fans had a, um, I won't say it was a loving nickname for Boris DL, but it was definitely apt. That nickname was David. Fat Boris DL. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> he, he ballooned. Yeah, that was the big I mean, thing. I mean, I knew like, that. I didn't, right, know, you didn't know that. Right, knew that. Was, yeah. All right, so uh, my my third one here, Charlotte's Web, A True Story of Being Trapped in a Food Court. Ah! (laughs) All right, now yours. I've just got one. It's
0: just a play on uh, Where the Sidewalk Ends by Shel Silverstein. Okay. It's Where the Segway Sidewalk Ends. (laughs) Because Boris... He used was, to take segues in and about Charlotte into the team offices, rode the ori- them around. The original Funky, funky Duck, you Thank will. you. He
1: was a Funky Duck hipster.
0: Everybody who's riding the Funky Duck around. Just you give a hat tip to Boris Dio.
1: Yeah, you owe him some royalties for that J.R. Smith. Uh, um, and, our, and our boy Lance. Although I bet, unlike Steph, he never hit a shot, a three-point shot on the segway, unlike Steph future charlotte hornet who hit threes from the funky dog.
0: I can't imagine this will be allowed in NBA arenas come
1: next year. All right, so the final 10, can't I can't imagine it either. Uh the final title uh that hit the cutting room floor. So the the title of the book was Hoops to Hippos. Uh this one hit the cutting room floor though. Hoops to Hippos back to Hoops. The autobiography of Boris Dia. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, reading Rainbow Your Titles that hit the cutting room floor. Hopefully we can do that again. Former Bobcats, former Hornets, current Hornets, please just write more books. Keep them coming. Yes. That's good. That's a good exclusive, uh, exclusive information for us there. Hey, listen, thanks for listening, by the way. Uh, again, to all the new listeners, thanks for coming on board. We'll talk much more about um, not only the new arrivals to the Charlotte Hornets, but uh, we're going to dig in. Uh, player previews coming up in September. Uh, We'll have full breakdowns of the roster and and predictions for the season. It's going to be a lot of fun. Until then, we'll be doing little stingers here and there, uh, uh, you know, keeping you abreast of all the information. Uh, So definitely keep it tuned in. Uh, Hivetalklive.com, thehive.com, and also, of course, subscribe to us on iTunes. That'll do it for us. Thanks so much to producer Katie and all you guys out there tweeting us. We really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hive Talk Live to get the latest on Show Times and Insider Hornets info. Hive Talk Live is a production of SB Nation and at thehive.com for previews, recaps, and more on your Charlotte Hornets. Visit at thehive.com. I'm Doug for David and social media. Katie, thanks so much for listening. It's Hornets Talk for the Hardcore fan. It's Hive Talk Live. Let's swarm, Charlotte.
0: Somewhere deep inside your mind, there's a place where
1: dreams live. And now those dreams have the chance to come to life. Because USAA Life Insurance is sponsoring the Live Your Dream sweepstakes, where you could win $50,000. That's $50,000 to let those dreams out of your head and into your hands. Enter for a chance to win and view official rules at www.usaa.com slash life sweeps. Or call 1-800-531-LIFE. No purchase necessary. USAA Life Insurance Company, San Antonio, Texas, and in New York. by USAA Life Insurance Company of in New York, Highland Falls, New York.